Welcome to Passion and Hustle Podcast, a platform for fresh and honest stories from successful entrepreneurs, self-driven freelancers, and motivated individuals that are here to help encourage you to hustle and turn your passion project into reality. In today's episode, we're excited to welcome Christopher Kenner, an entrepreneur and marketer with over 12 years experience and a passion for diversity in media and marketing. His business, Brand Advance, is the industry's first dedicated global diversity media network. Today's episode will be hosted by myself, Alex Jones. So without any more introductions, let's get to it. Welcome, Chris. How are you doing? Not too bad, Alex. Thanks for having me. Nah, no worries. No worries. Thanks for, thanks for coming back and joining us. Um, so just to kick things straight off a little bit, could you kind of explain what Brand Advance is and why you felt the world needed a company like yours? God, big question. The world <laughs> needed a company like mine. Um, okay, what Brand Advance is. Brand Advance, it's Brand Advance Group. Um, so it's a group of companies. There's five companies in the group. Um, and all of them have one mission, really, to make advertising and to make sure sort of the people in ads and where them ads are placed reaches everyone in society. So making people that look like me and look like you are in, in the creative, making sure that it's put in black media and LGBT media and disability media and just making <laughs> We're really here to help marketing get marketing right because it's been getting it wrong for so long by thinking that mainstream is straight white middle-aged men and anything else is a bonus. You know, that isn't how the world is. So, um, yeah, that's what we do, really. Uh, And why does the world need us? Well, because they've been getting marketing wrong for so long that um, it's about time they got it right. Yeah, yeah, that's bang on, really. That's... um... Yeah, well, that's great. That's great. So could you kind of also explain a little bit about your journey leading up to standard pro- to starting Brand Advance? What led you to this point? Yeah, so started off in care. Well, actually, that's like I wasn't born into care. I was born on the Isle of Man, then um, went into in and out of care when I was younger, and then went into a children's home, left out when I was 16 and nine months and joined the British Army. Uh, I was in the Army for like, nine years, 10 years. Um, and then, and while I was in the army, I got married and had two kids. And then when I left the army, I came out, uh, well, told people, came out, told people I was gay, told my now ex-wife, obviously, that I was gay. I'm not obviously my ex-wife. Okay, so went through that stage. And then, um, well, and, 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 and during that time, like I said, I had two kids. Got my son, Jerome, um, and, and there was Kyra as well. Um, and one's white and one's mixed race. And so I've watched life be different for my son as it is for my daughter. But then I got uh, into advertising and things like keyword block lists would have words on there that describe my son or describe me. You know, block, most of some of the biggest brand safety block words are like black man and Muslim and interracial and gay and lesbian and stuff, words like that. So... I couldn't understand why brands would be blocking my son when, you know, they, my son and daughter, both equal, you know, they both live off bank of mum and dad. So why would they not be the same to a, to, to a brand? Why would they not be the same type of consumer? So, yeah, that's sort of why I started it really was to fix that problem. And uh, it was annoying me that, that brands don't speak to both my kids and they should. So rather than just whinge about it every day of my life. I thought I'd do something about it. So that's why I founded Brand Advance, was to help brands sort that problem. And 
the problem is the internet is a big bad place and so brands would rather block whole demographics than stick their their ad you know in front of an isis video in front of gang related content in front of an unsavory picture they would rather block the word black or the word muslim or the word gay do you know what i mean just to make sure that none of them things happen so if we take all the good publications or the good black publications or the good LGBT publications around a different ad server, basically a new internet, then there's no reason for them to block that. And that's what we've done basically. So we have a big ad network where we serve the ads and most diversity media, not all of it, but most diversity media globally. Uh, and then from there came a creative agency and then from there came a technology company and from there came a consultancy called DECA. And now, you know, now it's five countries. Oh, actually, that's a lie. Five offices, four countries, 130 staff. Yeah, yeah. Brand Advance has clearly come a long way. And, you know, it's clearly been born out of uh, you recognizing something that affects you and your family personally. So, obviously, if when something affects you personally, you want to, it's more the reason to make the change. Yeah. Um, but in terms of actually starting a company, aside from what your company is, how, what are some of the struggles of actually starting a company? <laughs> It's all a struggle, dude. Like <laughs> absolute hell. And anyone that says any different is lying. It's good hell, but it's hell. I mean, it's a hustle from day one. And it's and it's a blag. Like you've got to, and I don't mean blag, like don't lie, but it is. It's a blag. You need, people won't spend with you unless they think you're a company. You're not really a company when you're just one person, <laughs> but you need them to spend with you. So you need to make it. So you'll bring friends in. Can you be my staff? You know, I'll give you an email. Can you help me? And then you become a company and then you sell that. But you're not really a company because you're not paying full wages. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. a blag. It's a hustle. And Having a gift of the gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And, and getting people excited in something uh, and, and making them believe that you can deliver it, you know, uh, and then going away and having to actually deliver it, you know. Um, and, but all these things, all these things are great. They, they keep you up at night, but they also, you know, give you great pride. Uh, and, and yeah, and I think one of my things, one of the golden things that I say to people that I mentor now is I would literally turn up to the opening of an envelope. I would. If someone <laughs> says, on Thursday at nine o'clock, I'm going to do free food and free drink, and I'm going to open an envelope for you all to watch, <laughs> I would be there. Because you never know who's going to be in that room. Do you know what I mean? And like, I, I've literally done that. I turn up to everything. I go to loads of networking. Now I'm quite in a privileged position where I'm normally the, the keynote speaker or the guest speaker and stuff like that now. But um, but it wasn't always like that. I was still there when nobody in the room had a clue who I was. And sometimes I'd even go to an event where I didn't actually have the nerve to speak to anybody. Do you know what I mean? I sort of was there. I'd be there for an hour or two hours and then I'd leave because I just couldn't bring myself to speak to people. It was a room full of... It was alien to me, you know, for many reasons, not just my inexperience in the business world or, or my inexperience of living in London because I'm from Manchester. It was also you know, the makeup of them rooms, you know, full of middle-aged white guys and a um, little black gay boy. So I was just like, I don't have anything in common with any of you. But then you start to, as you keep going, as you keep speaking, as you keep understanding, you start to realise that people from different backgrounds, yeah, we've all got different learned experiences and we think different and we tackle problems different, but they're all humans. 
And then you start to find things in common. I like cars, I like watches, I like football. So I had, I actually had lots in common with lots of people in that room and you start to, to be better at picking that up and then, you know, and using that as an in and then getting to talk about your business to them as well as talking about the watches you haven't got yet because you haven't really got a business, but you're going to buy them when you do well. And yeah, that's, it's a hustle. Uh, it's a hustle every day and it's a good hustle and you've got to enjoy the hustle. If you don't enjoy the hustle, it's going to be an even harder slug, you know, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk you talk about the hustle and how it's not, you know, it's not easy. And maybe the kind of phrase "fake it till you make it" in terms of starting a business, because you you really have to sell yourself and put yourself out there for for others to believe in you. But kind of aside from networking and you know, really trying to sell a positive image of yourself, like how did you actually go go about growing your company in the early days? I suppose doing a small project with a client. And then during that, what people tend to do, or, you know, not everybody, obviously, but what I've noticed other people do is they'll do a product. So they've got their new company, they start getting clients, they'll do a, their product or service, and then wait till the very end, and then ask for a testimonial, and then spend the next few months trying to get that client to, to do something again with them, whilst trying to look for more clients. Whereas I did it a bit different. The day after they started their project with me, I was already talking to them about the next project, you know, so that I could find out from them what are the KPIs, what do, what do we need to deliver to you for you to want to do work with me next time? And I'd start that conversation the day after we went live kind of thing. And I still do it now. You know, I'm talking to our clients now. Yes, we're bigger and we're doing multi-million pound contracts and stuff, but it's still the same hustle. And then as I got a team and as that team built out, my client team and uh, business team and stuff, getting them to straight away so that you can make sure you finish a project with answering everything the client needed you to answer to do the next one. Um, and then learning along the way as well, learning from people, mentors, watching other people. I emulate. I'm like a what's that what's that animal that likes changes in color chameleon yeah. yeah yeah i do yeah. that all the time i even change my accent if i stand around a welsh person for long enough <laughs> speaking with a welsh accent like honestly. wicked yeah yeah so so yeah just copying and emulating yeah, yeah. and being and you know yeah tailoring your business to to the particular client you've got in front of you yeah um but yeah definitely like starting a business is all a learning experience and how is anybody supposed to know everything from the beginning you, you just don't it's as simple as that yeah um but this might seem like a kind of obvious question which it is really but for the purpose of the podcast i'm going to ask it but how important is it that brands reach diverse communities and, and why and how do you think it's lacking in the industry if a brand wants to still be here in 10 years then they have to reach diverse communities because no longer are these communities the minorities no longer are these communities the unheard or the unspoken you know, now we have a voice, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ rights are, are equal rights, you know, and people with a disability have as big a voice uh, as, you know, um, whether it's a, a seen or unseen disability. So brands need to engage these communities because these communities are the world and they make up, you know, um, a large percentage of the world. Um, you look at London and I think it's like 47% of London is non-white, 300 languages. So are you going to not sell to half of London? Like that, what, what, that, that's not a good brand. You know, that's not a good marketing strategy. That's not a good growth strategy. So, 
so yeah, it's important in many ways. It's important because it's the right thing to do, but let's knock that to one side because people can stop doing the right thing to do when it's not cool to do it anymore. It's important because it's the commercially viable thing to do. It's the only way to stay relevant. It's the only way for you to survive. Um, because, you know, the, the tragedies that have passed over um, COVID uh, have actually spawned a new voice. We all now feel empowered to say what we think, do what we say, you know, and expect the brands around us to, to have the same values as us. And if they don't, then we move on to the next one. I'm not saying cancel culture is certainly a thing. I don't support cancel culture, but I do support the fact that you have a right for your brands and the things you put money into. Because now we know we can live off just Tesco's and wait in the line for an hour every day and then go home and have nothing else in our life because we did it for nearly a year. You know, so we know we don't need brands anymore. We thought we did, but now we've realized we actually don't need them. Now we've got a choice. Now we can choose who, where, why, and how. So brands need to wake up to that and make sure that they they are make, keeping themselves relevant. And do you know what, dude? The whole premise of marketing, no matter who you are, what brand it is, the whole premise of marketing is to make as many people as possible want to buy your brand or service. That's the premise. No other thing. If you go to uni, they'll give you loads of tools on how to do that thing. If you don't go to uni and you learn it on the job, they'll give you loads of um, lived, you know, learned in job experience of how to do that. Get my brand in front of as many people as possible and make them want to use it, buy it. Never did marketing say, can you get my brand in front of half of the population and maybe get half of them to want to buy it? Do you know what I mean? That was never the premise of marketing. So anything other than reaching everyone in society that possibly wants to buy your product, no matter what community, anything other than making sure that the creative that your brand portrays, the image it portrays is relevant to different communities and the nuances of them communities. Anything other than that is just marketing done absolutely wrong and you should probably pack up go home and yeah, call it a day i mean you, you talk about how before brands were only targeting a certain group of people really but you know society's changing and people who may not have had a voice before are allowed to express their voice now and their opinion and and everyone you know is is allowed to have their say so brands like you said, are having to target everybody, really. You can't just narrow it down to one demographic. Yeah. And we want them to have a voice as well. We want the, we yeah. want to hear the voice of our brands. Like, what does, you know, what does Hublot think of the world? What does Hublot think of black guys wearing their watches? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, if I thought their voice was bad, I wouldn't buy Hublot, as beautiful as the watch is. You know, yeah, um, yeah. and we think that about all brands, you know, what, what do they actually stand for? What are you actually doing in the world? Because, yeah, you're taking my money and, yeah, you make me look good. But lots of things make me look good. Do you know what I mean? What do, yeah, why, yeah. Why, why am I going to go with you? And we, we do. We subconsciously and consciously ask these questions. And actually, you know, it's more consciously now, you know, sustainability. We've just had COPA 26. So sustainability and stuff like that is... You know, are you actually going to make the world better for my kids or is me buying you going to kill the world for my ancestors later on in life? In which case, I'm probably not going to buy you, yeah, to be honest, yeah, yeah. you know. So, yeah, are you going to plant a tree for this bloody 
ridiculous amount I've just paid you for this watch. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. These are the questions we should be asking, really, because it's, it's what's important in life. Like, it's not just about the watch on your wrist. Like, it's more than that. Yeah, um, it is. But, but but do you feel like these brands and companies are beginning to recognise the importance yeah. of this, and that and you know they're changing their ways? Yeah, they are. Um, you can't get away from it now, can you? You sort of, if any brand is not has not been caught up in, you know. Black Lives Matter and the murder of George Floyd and everybody else murdered around that, you know, that that was transatlantic. It literally happened over there, came over here, because then we started to notice our own things. Yes, you know, as a black guy, I, I've never had or known of the police kneeling on someone's neck. I've never known of that in the UK. But I do know of my own underprivilege, you know, getting in lifts and people moving their bags, looking around when I walk around on a bloody tour and I see statues of people that actually enslaved people like me and that's what they made their riches from. Do you know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. Stuff that's, it's most subtle, but it's made us aware now and we're aware of the things, you know, why do people use terms like blacklist and whitelist and stuff like that, you know, why is blacklist bad whitelist good the black mark against your name uh you know all these things you sort of go do we have to do we need to is that really like uh, so so yeah i think brands have, are going through the same journey as we are and if they're not if their privileges and you know cocooning certain people in that brand away from what's going on in society they're being told it by their employees you know even if you know, they're too far into the Cotswolds. I'm being very stereotypical here, but anyway, bear with me. They're too far in the Cotswolds that they they can't they don't know what's going on in the real world. That's fine, you know. But they're they're take look at Netflix and Facebook, people walking out, you know, because of shows that don't represent what they think is their values, uh, you know, and trans rights and stuff like that. It's it's happening daily now where Brands cannot get away from it and they cannot afford even for their own internal staff, their own internal company values. They can't afford to ignore this. So never mind the commercial benefit of the one trillion in LGBT spend every year that uh, in the UK alone, 47 percent of all consumer spend is made by someone 50 or above. That's that's pretty much half of everything bought in the UK is made by someone 50 or above, but only four to six percent of advertising is spent on reaching that community, that demographic. You know, it's mad. We all know that, um, you know, what is it? Gen Z haven't got any money because they haven't got a job yet. Millennials have got like mortgages and life to pay for. The only people that have got money are our mums and dads grands and granddads they're the ones on cruises and have like good <laughs> life and now i've got something to spend do you know what i mean but yeah, yeah. even they're missed in in um in marketing so yeah brands are waking up they know they've got to wake up or stay asleep and become irrelevant and die just like top shot yeah 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 totally totally and so obviously when you were you know starting brand advance and you were approaching these these brands and businesses did you find that they were happy to use your services from the get-go, or was it was it a struggle? You know the answer to this. No, <laughs> they none of everything we've just talked about had happened yet. The world had not stopped spinning. You know, a, a global <laughs> pandemic had not happened. Black lives matter. Black lives didn't matter. You know, LGBTQ rights were were somebody else's problem, and all of this stuff. So, 
we all know this has happened all in a short space of time. The world has like shifted on its axes. Totally, yeah. Nobody, I don't, um, okay, don't swear, Chris. No one gave a damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just some guy with a cool backstory telling you about his life. I might as well have been on X Factor. You know, it was kind of like, yeah, it's a really good story, but I'm not too sure I want him to win. Um, that it was literally that. And then it shifted. I mean, like I went out to Cannes. Some big brands really did embrace this. Unilever, Google, you know, there's some great people. There's uh, Sarah Mansfield in Unilever, who's sort of, you know, uh, seen through her own privilege and sort of said, I get what you're doing. I'd like to help you, you know. Uh, and then that grew into like one of the big uh, marketeer bosses at Unilever, Louis Como, helping out. And then, you know, there's a, a guy called Daniel at Google that really embraced us and made lots of introductions and stuff. And and so you sort of had champions, allies. Actually, they weren't allies because allyship is very passive. They were advocates, you know, that really helped. But as on mass, everybody wasn't involved. You know, on mass, not everybody. They gave me the time of day to speak, but they didn't actually put their money where their mouth is. They just talked a lot about what they would like to do in the future. Now everyone's spending. Yeah. And now Brand Advance is booming as a business. And yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you very much, people. It only took you 39 years of my life to catch up. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm very privileged. You know, I'm very honored that um, I have a team uh, a global team that makes this happen. Very privileged that the company's growing into, you know, the 30 million quid company or whatever it is now. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. know I would ever get to this point, but, well, that's a lie, actually. I knew. You don't yeah. do it unless you know. Like, I'm sure you saw the big picture. Like, well, yeah, and I mean, like, I know lots. Of, there was lots of things that could have made this not happen, and it still could fail, you know what I mean? And it would have been one hell of a journey, but... Like, as an entrepreneur, you sort of, you never have one day where you don't think you're going to do it. Yeah. Because then you're not an entrepreneur. You wouldn't, if I've never once, I know it sounds, it is arrogant. It is. Oh, you arrogant. have to be, you have to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But, and like, it's an arrogance I don't apologize for. Like, I, totally. I would wake up every day and say like, this is going to be a million, multi-million pound company and you're all going to want to use our services and you just don't know it yet but I'm going to tell you every day until you realize it. And then we'll do We'll be really happy to do business with you. And I would do that every day. And I would stand on stages or do podcasts or do TV interviews or do you know what I mean? On CNN and uh, do ITV. And then I'd go and do a thousand podcasts and do a thousand standing on stages with Nicola Mendelssohn or with uh, Martin Sorrell or anybody else in between. And um, always had the confidence that, this was going to be that not only brand advance would do well, but that there would be a new sector. And there is now there is a diversity media sector growing globally now where more peer players are coming in and it is now a service full sector reaching diverse communities and you working with businesses from them communities to help reach and black owned and, LGBT founded and stuff like that is a whole sector now. And I feel very privileged. I hope we're not going to go the way of like MySpace and Yahoo, where, you know, yeah, uh, Google didn't invent the internet. Yahoo was there first, but who's heard of Yahoo now? And then like MySpace didn't invent social media. 
Yeah, no, Facebook didn't invent social media. MySpace was there first. And actually, Friends Reunited was there before that, which is basically Facebook. But nobody's heard of them now. So no. just hope <laughs> like Brandon Vance hasn't come along and like made this whole sector and hopefully made the world a better place. And then in 10 years, everyone's like, Brandon Vance who? Maybe. <laughs> Who'll care? I'll be on a yacht in Cannes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. Well, you know. But how, how far do you do you want brand advance to come? Like, what what is your what's your vision from now for the future? Um, so we we're now a, a proper US incorporated entity. We have an office in the US, so um, I'm moving over there uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, in the beginning of January is actually a few weeks. In the beginning of January, so maybe more than a few weeks, but you know what I mean. And so I'll be working out there in our New York office. We've got Germany and France and India. And I, I just want us to grow. So grow them offices, but also grow into other countries. There is no country on earth that does not have diversity. You know, it, there's lots of countries that think they don't have diversity. Lots of Middle Eastern countries. But actually, only the diversity in, say, Dubai is people from Dubai. Because only 20% of Dubai is from Dubai. Everybody else is from the Philippines. They're from yeah. other Middle Eastern countries. They're from the UK, expats and stuff like that. So there is diversity there. And then within there, in ev within every community, there is gender empowerment within every community. Um, there is disability and religion and stuff. So there's diversity everywhere. So there's a need for brand advanced services of a big scale or of, or of a smaller scale in every country. So. Yeah, I just want us to expand and to grow and to reach, to make sure that this is done everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the potential is endless, really. Like like you said, I think it's crazy to think that there isn't diversity everywhere in the world because there's yeah. diversity in so many different aspects. Like you said, it's not just color or race, it's gender and age. And there's so much. Yeah. So, so yeah. But um, one final question, really. What do you think the future of the industry will look like? Bigger. It'll go... From the, from the hundreds of millions it is now, it'll go to the billions and then to the trillions quite quickly because of the actual volume of people, so consumers you're talking about. I think marketing is still going through a great upheaval. You know, things like cookie lists are happening, you know, Google making, you know, so you can't use tracking cookies and stuff. But then also... Who are we reaching? How are we reaching them? Where do we reach them? What are they doing? How often are they doing it? Are all questions that happen to be re-asked. We thought, marketing thought it knew the answer, but that's because it was looking at one specific, specific um, demographic, you know, uh, and I mean, and offensively, but they sort of knew what white people were doing. They know what they're consuming because that's being classed as the mainstream. They didn't know what all the black kids were doing though. Do you know what I mean? Because no one really actually gave a damn. Or um, so now that they're wanting to to find where they are, and that's not all white kids. You know, white kids are in with the black kids as well, and consuming that. So you actually you missed off who you thought you were getting everybody that was mainstream. You were actually missing a lot because they were over there in cooler media consuming other stuff. You know, and being brought up in a world where half their school wasn't the same color as them. So they were being brought into cultures just from going to school, just from having mates, just from having partners, blah, blah, blah. So 
so yeah, I think marketing's got to find itself again, find out what people are doing, where they're doing it. It's going to have to learn how to do marketing all over again and how to do marketing. Marketing's very easy when it's all about one community. It's really easy. You just know about that community and then you make these creative that will resonate with that community and then you stick it on the channel. But now, you know, there's 10 communities to think about. Race, religion, sexual orientation, age, blah, blah, blah. You know, so... And there's intersections of, across all of them communities that you need to start thinking about now. So marketing's got to start again. Just rip up the handbook and start again. Everything you thought you knew. Yeah, it's, just hit that reset button. Hit the reset button, which I think we've all done. You know, yeah. um, we've done it with our work. We're all sort of leaving our job. I'm not, obviously. That would be weird to get off my own ship. But um, but people are, you know, and I've seen it with my own staff. There's quite big chunks of people saying, I want to do something different. Like, I've loved it. Thank you. But I want to go, you know, we've all got a confidence in us now and a great reset where we feel we can go anywhere. And they might, we've got staff that work in the Bahamas. Like, they literally just got up and went and took that one-year visa thing that the, the government was offering in the Bahamas. And now they Zoom in every day and uh, they're working from the Bahamas. And now we've got people that work from France and stuff like that that just, you know, up and left and um, went out there. So people are doing life differently. Actually, they're just doing life. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're yeah, actually yeah. living life. I'm sure you've seen it with yourself and your friends and family and stuff like People are doing stuff that they never would have done before. They never would have left that job. You thought they were going to be there for 20 years. And now they've up and handed in their notice and said, well, what's the worst that could happen? You know, because the worst already happened and we all get to start again and think again. And actually, life is too short now. You know, I've found myself speaking to people that I, you know, I told you in and out care and all of that. There's people... Um, you know, that made me that I haven't spoken to since I was a little child, um, that I'm finding myself picking up the phone and saying, I want to chat because we're all, we're all ready for the great reset. So yeah, long may yeah. it continue in every aspect, marketing life and let's all just be better and do better. And yeah. 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 That's wicked. That's wicked. Everything you're saying is so it's positive really. And everyone's wanting to do their own thing and live life to the full really. Yeah. So yeah, that's wicked. Yeah. And it's, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Like it's been such that's a great, pleasure. such a great conversation and yeah. Chatting with you is always, is always good fun. So um, if any of our audience wanted to reach out and chat to you a bit more, um, do you have any social media? Like, or yeah. Yeah. Just uh, Chris Kenner on LinkedIn or Chris Kenner on Instagram. Uh, I apologize for me posting my boring life on Instagram but um reach out anytime like I always and I always respond like I get a lot now and I always make sure I respond because like I said I would turn up to the opening of an envelope so you know you never know who that person is that's messaged even sometimes you don't get it from their social and you're like oh, I'm not sure you'll be able to help me but then they say something and oh do you know who my dad is so do you know yeah, who my yeah. brother is do you know what I mean so I always take the time to respond and if, got, if anybody has any questions or wants to you know, no matter what it is, whether it's about stuff that's going on or whether it's about in marketing and things that have uh, sort of challenged them, please do. Yeah, wicked. Well, once again, thanks, Chris, for so much for joining. And, uh, and yeah, speak with you soon. Cheers. Cheers, mate. 
We hope you've enjoyed listening to Passion and Hustle podcast. If you want to find out more from the speakers or what we do here at Westminster Enterprise Network, then head over to our social media channels at underscore we network. With new episodes being released every two weeks, you'll be able to continue listening and getting inspired along your own journey of bringing your passion project to life. 